Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Florida teachers unions beat the Florida Department of Education on reopening order. This is one of my favorite stories. So what did Florida do now? All right. So the Florida Department of Education, the Education Commissioner Richard Corcan and Governor Ron DeSantis made an emergency order to reopen schools. And if school districts did not comply, they would withdraw state funding amounting to about $23 million monthly, despite still teaching online. So, Corcan took advantage of many districts knowing that they would follow in order not to lose funding. The state prioritized reopening schools over the safety and advice of many health experts on the argument that children did not pass COVID to adults. So this was something that I can assure you that Dog Griggs and I have been screaming at the top of our lungs about to not do. Right. Because of that reason, exactly. So this created a lawsuit with a labor organization representing about 145,000 teachers called the Florida Education Association, who found that claim to be fallacious. Yay. Yes. After a couple days in court, the judge in the case, Charles Dodson, sided with the teachers union, stating that the Department of Education essentially ignored the requirement for school safety. And this impacted the local board's constitutional authority to operate their own school systems. Dodson wanted a solution that did not have school districts facing a monetary hit for choosing the safety of their students. Thank you. Dodson Dodson said the only way the emergency order would be constitutional would be to take out the language that required a date for in-person classes to begin, mandatory reopening plans, and the provisions that tied district reopenings to state funding. So many local school boards are excited about the ruling and the temporary order against Governor DeSantis and his emergency order as well as the recognition of the local government's role in the decision process. Some did not anticipate this ruling, claiming that many parents, students, and school staff members are excited about resuming in-person classes. However, the ruling was meant to say that local officials can make their own decisions without facing financial repercussions. Yes, forcing schools to reopening is ensuring that the virus will continue to transmit, and we need to do better about trying to stop this. We need to value our children's safety. Doc, we've been saying this all along, and wow, it's amazing. Good for those teachers to stand up. This is a story that we thought is a little bit of a a different one, and we hope that you enjoy it. This one is about the Happiness Museum in Denmark, just because we feel like we just need a bit of a change. Happy. I'm, I'm hearing Pharrell Williams now. Happy. Right. Do you remember the word happiness? Maybe it's been a while. As a refresher, it's a word we used prior to 2020 to describe the feelings of content and joy. So let's be honest. 2020 has not been a year of happiness. It has definitely brought feelings of doom and worry. So to remind people of that warm and fuzzy feelings called happiness, a happiness museum has opened up in Copenhagen. Of course it has. (laughs) So what is a happiness museum? The museum is a development of the Happiness Research Institute 
which is an independent think tank that studies the science of why some societies are happier than others. Their ultimate goal is to encourage global policymakers to better prioritize public well-being into policy. The Happiness Research Institute developed this museum to reflect a variety of perspectives of happiness to experience. One exhibit asks visitors to write on a sticky note what their source of happiness is and then to place the note on the wall. Other exhibits explore the philosophical origins of happiness and dive into the historical context. So Denmark is consistently ranked as high in surveys as the happiest nations in the world. In 2020, Denmark was ranked again number two, and its neighbor Finland was ranked number one. A Danish psychologist noted that it boggles people's minds how you can create happy people just by thinking thoughtfully and strategically about the role of government in Who life. Knew? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? The goal of the museum is not only to provide visitors with short-term happiness experiences, but it's also to educate and inform visitors on the way in which governments of different different societies impact their people's happiness. One of the key findings of the Institute's research is that humans are incredibly resilient. Folks, you hear that? We are resilient. We got this. The CEO of the Happiness Research Institute reported that when we follow people over time, we can see that they are remarkable at overcoming the challenges that happen to them. Of course, it's necessary to be optimistic in my profession, but I think we can overcome these times as well. So yes, yeah, so while 2020 has been a dooming and particularly tough year, just remember that we dooming, will... Dooming, Doc, can you, can you happy it up a little bit? <laughs> uh, has been a booming... As, how about is this? 2020 has been a zooming and particularly <laughs> tough year. Just remember that we will get through this. There is still a tomorrow. Together, we will one day get past the sorrow and sadness brought on by the pandemic and come out stronger and more resilient than before. Let's keep on going, everybody, together. And let me also just say that I want to be very clear that the societies that are governed in Finland and in Denmark are societies in which there are high levels of social programs for people. So people pay more in taxes, but they get a lot back because their government actually really does work for them. So, so Doc, you know I got to say it, right? Unity! <laughs> Unity! Unity! <laughs> Unity! <laughs> Long-term care facilities in COVID-19. The Department of Justice is considering opening a case against New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Michigan concerning their COVID-19 and long-term care facility protocols. 40% of COVID-19 deaths in the United States come from long-term care facilities. Let me read that again. 40% of COVID-19 deaths in the United States come from long-term care facilities. The department is concerned that there were not adequate testing protocols put in place for people entering long-term care facilities, which attributed to a large number of cases and outbreaks in these facilities. New York State and Governor Andrew Cuomo are receiving the most attention for this issue as he required nursing homes to admit recovering COVID-19 patients without adequate testing procedures. He rescinded this policy after he received a lot of criticism. New York had over 6,000 COVID-19 deaths in long-term facilities. Governor Cuomo and Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer believe the investigation is politically motivated. The state said that they were following the protocols that were put in place by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Doc. Man. So regardless of the politics that may or may not be playing into this investigation, the number of COVID-19 deaths in long-term facilities is truly a significant issue. It would be pivotal if an investigation could find any faults in policies that led to the large number of deaths so they can be changed for the future. 
lack of testing back seems to be the root cause of outbreaks in long-term care facilities. Huh, I'm shocked. Really? Lack of testing, huh? Uh, the National Basketball Association and their Orlando bubble campus is an example of how stringent policies and mass testing can keep cases out of the environment. And it's true, but these are individuals that are very, very, very privileged and have the ability to afford this. In fact, the NBA, we we learned last week, actually, partnered with Yale. yeah, partnered with Yale to invent a rapid test. Okay, but anyway, one factor the states highlighted that contributed to cases was healthcare providers and staff bringing the virus and exposing the residents of the facilities. So, mass testing, isolation, and quarantine zones, sanitation, and decrease in and out traffic. The use of PPE is essential to lower the risk of exposing an environment to COVID nineteen. And on a personal note, I spoke to my stepmother. The this afternoon, we Zoomed, and she was talking about her mother, who's 93 or 94, who's in a long-term facility, and she's only able to uh, Zoom with her three minutes a week. And she can't visit with her. She can't see her. And every th- in those three minutes, she is my step-grandmother expresses very real and fearful anxieties and concerns to my to my stepmother so it's it was it was a, it's a very it's a real these are real things and it, these are very very difficult things that that breaks my heart doc that that truly breaks my heart yeah. thanks for listening to the noise filter daily podcast Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at NoiseFilter on Instagram, NoiseFilterNola on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.